So in terms of customers, you're dealing with a lot of shippers, brokers, and trucking companies, right? I mean, a lot of shippers are reaching out to you, uh, to DAT yeah. for rates. Uh, I know a lot of people ask me for my followers, like, how did you come up with like specific rates? Like, like how does that, the process look like? So this is a huge misconception that we've been really trying to rectify. Um, none of our rates come from the load board. So none of them. So if you go in there and post a rate of a dollar per mile just to kind of spam and you know try to get phone calls, it doesn't make its way into rate view. Um, the only thing that goes into rate view are direct contributions, verified contributions from our shipper, carrier, and broker base. So we have, I think as of today, probably about 1,200 separate companies contributing. They contribute um, over $120 billion a year in verified actual freight bills. So that's come from shippers, brokers, and to a lesser extent, carriers. So your small carriers have a real hard time contributing. Um, so most of our carrier stuff comes from the large national carriers. So it comes in, we clean it, we check it for outliers, make sure that there's not like a $10,000 move that only went 50 miles, um, make sure there's not a, a 2,000 mile move that only charged $50, scrub all that out, and then we do a bunch of different things for it. So um, as I mentioned, we acquired FMIC. They have a model that helps score all of your shipments in a benchmarking method. Um, so that, that works really, really well for benchmarking. So if I moved 100,000 loads and I want to know if I paid above or below market on that, we'll use that method. If you're a broker or if you work in the traffic department of a shipper or you're a carrier and you want to know what this lane's moving at today, then you would use the rate view rate. Um, so that rate, they all comes in. We, we we cut up the country into 135 different zones and we provide a rate from point to point. So you might have Chicago to Atlanta. There might be 50 companies that submitted 200 records on that lane over the last three to seven days. So that's what you would get. Okay. Uh, and then we use it for forecasting too, right? We have a forecasting algorithm we launched two years ago at this point. Um, which is good for RFPs or network planning and optimization or projects, things like that. Do you know how accurate that forecasting model is? Have you been able to track that? Marketing had a bunch of golf balls printed that said 96.2% accurate, um, and it's actually gotten better. So that was like during the middle part of COVID. Um, since things have kind of eased up, right? So rates have been really, really high, but they've been constantly high the last six months to a year. So when the market tends to flatten out, all forecasts get a little bit more accurate. You know, we're pushing on our on our thirty day. We're pushing 98 percent at the moment. A year okay. out, we're we're pushing mid to, mid to low nineties for spot rates at the moment. Okay. In, in terms of like freight tech and uh, just development in this part uh, of the industry, do you do you foresee any like changes where you know any other big players coming in and making it more accurate, or what kind of do you, what kind of changes do you see in general in the freight tech uh, developments for analytics? So this industry is super ripe for investment right now because the whole industry... So trucking's having its... I think what it, you would know better than I. The kids still call it a glow-up, right? They're having its... Freight's having its glow-up. Um, yeah. It's a trillion-dollar industry. It's like a big chunk of GDP in the United States, and it's just... Yeah. So let's just think about something for a minute. The airlines deregulated in 1978, trucking deregulated in 1980. No one could pretend that they're on equal footing in terms of technology, efficiency, optimization, right? Trucking still largely in the stone age. I mean, could you imagine a pilot landing at O'Hare and, and asking for a signed manifest to paper? You know what I mean? Like these things just don't happen, but we still have paper PODs, BOLs, like all of this trip pack still exists. If you've been in the industry long enough, those envelopes that you drop at the truck stops to get your bill of ladings and PODs back. 
So I think it, there's, it's all facets of the industry. There's fascinating things happening in telematics, um, what Forkites and Project 44 are doing. Um, they're all fascinating. And I think in the rating space, luckily for us, it's really hard to break through in that space. You know, people try to do it a different way without the underlying data, and it kind of falls flat because you need a contextual grounding of what's actually happening. Like you need a ground truth. It's really hard to model rates without knowing rates. It'd be like trying to predict the weather without a thermometer. Um, so th there's that aspect of it. But then to go try to build a rating database from scratch, uh, you know, our comp competitors try to do this and they advertise, you know, we have dozens of contributors. Well, dozens doesn't cut it, right? The United States is a big chunk of land. Um, you know, it took us until we had hundreds, if not thousands of folks and hundred, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars of historical data to really feel comfortable building like a forecasting product. So, you know, the rating side is a hard piece to break through because if you're a broker, like your main tools are your carrier relationships and your ability to price and adapt to market changes. Um, so pricing is very important. Yeah. But this is the freight tech renaissance. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about it. Um, you have companies like Stored, Platform Science, um, even like long-term players that are, that are making kind of new investments and new strides and acquisitions. It's just a fascinating time to be in this space.